0: Poppy and Lee on Listener. It's breakfast whenever you want it.
1: Hello, it's just Poppy with you, Lee. enjoying a very nice, very well-deserved sleep-in after hosting Tumba Fest, which was awesome on the weekend. So bloody good to see things happening back around our region and live music. There was singing, there was dancing. For me, it was just sort of hobbling on a dance floor, but it was just bloody brilliant to be out and about. And there was a heap of things going on as well. The Lifestyle and Leisure Roadshow was happening across the weekend as well. So heaps and heaps going on. Heaps and heaps on the pot today as well. Some changes to the AFL Riverina system. A couple of the competitions under their banner for 2023 are having a little bit of a name change. We'll catch up with Mark Geppert to find out what that's all going to look like. Our next pair of Wagga Wagga Takes Two contestants will be joining me, Kelly and Joe. They're singing for the Wagga Base Hospital renal unit. But first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about this event. It's something that's been on a bit of a three-year hiatus, but it is back, baby. And being run this year by the Museum of the Riverina. Their manager, Luke, joins me. Luke, tell me about the Bald Archies.
0: It began in 1994 by the late Peter Beatty uh, in a corrugated iron shed at Kulak. It's over 26 years, grew into a national icon, one of the best satirical portrait prizes in the country. And um, poor old Peter, he passed away in 2019. It took a little while for his complicated estate to settle, but he had always wanted the um, archies to continue and the executives of the state kicked the Museum of the Brick because we had a long, fruitful relationship with him and and I've personally known Peter for uh, more than 25 years and helped him often over the years with the event. So um, I understand the point of it.
1: (laughs) Talk to us about, I guess, some of the artwork that comes from this. This isn't a classic art competition, it's not you know, it it looks at sort of some of the things that are going on around the world and has a bit of a laugh at them. Talk to us about what you're looking for in terms of satirical art.
0: Yes, so Annie, it's been three years so there's plenty of material to work (laughs) on but um, each year the entries used to focus on a bit like the Archie Balls that we're sort of taking the mickey out of a bit but it was focusing on um, someone significant in in Australia to... um, uh, in science, the arts, um, politics, uh, sport, you know, we've had everything. We've had, you know, Mitchell Stark, we've had Prime Ministers, we've had, you know, Bert Newton, Rupert Murdoch, you, you name it. Um, so, yeah, just someone who's significant, that catches your eye. And, and when you think of the last three years, probably, you know, from bushfires and COVID and... You know, like Scott Morrison wasn't even Prime Minister back then. So, you know, there's there's plenty of material out there, I think.
1: I feel as though Scott Morrison's done his best to give people material for this kind of thing.
0: Oh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> You wonder. Yeah, it's all been a bit uh, interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah, you really do. Do you have any favourites from, I guess, from the last, well, 26 years of the what are What are some of your favourites?
0: Yeah, well, some thank you, because if I had to pick one, I'd feel really bad. But um, we had a few bought out of storage for the weekend's media and uh, coverage. And two I always have loved were um, one of Bert Newton, um, which is um, semi-nude, and um, dear old Bertie was beloved and passed away only not long ago. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but it, it's people when they see it, they laugh out loud. I love it. Um, another one is an older one from like 20 years ago and it's a picture of Rupert Murdoch, a painting of Murdoch holding the globe saying uh, and the title is I Will Eat You in the End and you know I think oh, he's still topical this guy you know he's still around And um, but they're beautiful paintings and they really provoke strong response from people But um, and there was a previous winner um, a couple of years ago with um, Princess Mary the Tasmanian who married the Danish Prince Frederick mm-hmm. and there's the three of them with a bub, and they're wearing UGG boots, and they've got tazzy Tassie devils at their feet, and he's in his wife runs and uh, having a Carlsberg beer. <laughs> you know. So it's and uh, as Maud Professor Maud the cockatoo, who's the chief judge, said like, I don't want hate portraiture. I don't want soapbox portraiture. I want something that makes me laugh. I don't care if it's bawdy or You know, just if it doesn't make me laugh, you've you've missed the point. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they're they're, they're probably a couple of my favourites.
1: Talking this morning to Luke Greeley, he's the manager of the Museum of the Riverina, who are going to be running the 27th Bald Archie Prize. Luke, there's some pretty serious prize money up for grabs for this too.
0: Yeah, we were lucky. Dr Jerry Schwartz is um, so keen uh, to stay on a sponsor. He loves the event. Um, He's a major property owner and a surgeon based in Sydney that... Uh, fell in love with Peter Beatty and the Baldassies some years ago, so mm-hmm. he's happy to put up his uh, $10,000 first prize again. So hopefully that'll help keep up the, the appeal to the you know artists of high calibre. But as Beatty always said, it's open to everyone. So even if you're not an artist, don't think you can't at least end, try and enter. <laughs> but, um, but there'll be a selection process uh, when all the paintings are collected and, um, yeah, Maud will decide what's going on tour and pick the winner.
1: Talk to us about the. There's some big plans for um, not just this year's um, finalists and this year's collections, but there's some big plans for the past winners as well. We get to actually have a look at them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because the, um, you know, we, most uh, venues that we travel to around um, urban and regional New South Wales are booked a year in advance. So once we got the right to go ahead, we started booking in for 2023. So artists have got this year to paint. They get to Canberra uh, for the launch in January 2022 uh, 2023, and then begin a tour uh, around New South Wales. Um, but it's uh, the, in the meantime we have the also we were um, bequeathed the 26 past winners, so the best of the bald Archies and uh, we're going to show those at the Museum of the Riverina in uh, Baylor Street uh, next summer. Uh, But this year they're also going to Burke because Burke rang up and said, we can't stand the idea of waiting uh, for 18 months, so what have you got? And I said, well, you can have the best of, perfect, send them. And um, I think we might even send them, we're just negotiating, uh, to the the old Gundagai jail because that was one of Peter's passions. He was so heavily involved in the community in different ways, but one of them was um, fundraising and restoring the old Gundagai jail. So we thought we could send the best of the Baldachis over there for a um, fundraiser to help, you know, and as a gesture to Peter.
1: Awesome. Look, if people want to enter, if they want to get involved very quickly, what's the best way to do that?
0: Yeah, au. Go to the website. It's all really clear and easy to follow. You see how you fill in an entry registration form. Um, So we've got you listed and you start painting. And, um, yeah, it's simple as that, really.
1: Entries close January 10, 2023, so you've got a bit of time and uh, probably some more political antics between now and then with um, what we are expecting to be a very interesting election.
0: Uh,
1: more material to come. Don't start painting just yet. Luke Greeley, the manager of the Museum of the Riverina, thank you so much for your time. Really looking forward to seeing these. Yeah,
0: we. I think we all need a laugh after the last three years and this should do the trick.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. It's been, well, the last two years have felt like about 100 years. Um, we are getting back into some level of normality and that means we're seeing live shows come back and that means a big Full capacity, Wagga Wagga takes two. It is back and it's going to be huge. Joining me on the pod today, Joe Madden and Kelly Humphrey. You guys are singing for the Wagga Base Hospital renal unit. For people who don't know, Kelly, tell us about your connection to the renal unit.
2: Yeah, so the renal unit um, is really quite a personal thing for me to raise money for them because my grandfather has dialysis three days a week so we know um, the amazing work that the unit can do and the the way that the nurses keep our patients (laughs) entertained um, often on what a long stints of dialysis um, up to six hours a day so it's fabulous to be able to do something for them um, who look after so many in our community
1: It's probably also a part of the hospital that maybe doesn't get this kind of recognition like I know the emergency department I mean, everyone knows that because if you get hurt, that's where you go. Um, and the Children's Ward, I know, and they do incredible work, obviously, and they have a lot, there's a lot of publicity because of some of the amazing work that they do. But to be fair, uh, you know, the renal unit, you just think, oh, you know, they just keep on keeping on. But to actually be in there and see some of the amazing work they're doing, it's awesome to draw some attention to them. Yeah, right, because we, we have this conversation early on in the
2: piece that kidneys are just not a sexy part of the conversation, <laughs> right? They're not. They're not a sexy so we organ. So we set out to make kidneys sexy. We wanted to bring some, like... A, you
3: got me yeah. for that, did you? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, so, oh, right.
2: um, But in the, in the journey so far, we haven't... I don't think we've achieved the the sexy version of uh, kidney awareness. But not cer- yet, anyway. Not yet, but we've certainly made uh, them beautiful, which is... <laughs> We're, we're making kidneys beautiful, and the, and the conversation around kidney health, because you know, one in three people will develop symptoms, and one in ten will end up with a chronic kidney wow. um, disease in our community, and there's often no warning signs. Um, but it's a simple blood test and a little bit of urine in a cup from mm. your doctor to go and have your your kidney function tested, and it's such a simple thing to do um, to get on top of what could potentially be a devastating and life changing disease.
1: For people who don't know what dialysis is, can you run us through? I mean, without yes, I'm maybe so medical, medically jargon.
2: technical. <laughs> but
1: what like what does it involve for the patient? Obviously, I don't know anything about what it involves from the medical side, but what does it involve for your granddad? Yeah, so he rocks up to
2: the hospital. Three days a week, um, and he sits in a lovely um, hospital chair, mm-hmm. and he's hooked famously up, comfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. famously comfortable. <laughs> he's hooked up to a, a machine through his arm that basically, over six hours, will pull all the blood out of his body, um, to cleanse it, and then put it back in. So it's doing the work. This machine that sits next to you is doing the work of what your kidneys would normally do on a daily on a daily basis. Holy dooly, yeah. that is a clever machine, yeah, isn't it? It is, and so clever that's... people who know how to use it. Yeah. So big shout out to our nurses up at the renal unit. Uh, they do a magnificent job.
1: And obviously you guys are raising money for them through some fundraisers. Run us through what you've got, Kelly. Yeah, look, I'm
2: super excited because uh, Walker Takes Two happened at the most perfect time because next week is um, Kidney Health Week Ah. from the 7th to the 13th. Perfect. The theme is Kidney Health for All, so make sure you go out and get your kidneys checked. But in the middle of Kidney Health Week is World Kidney Day and we're having an art exhibition down at the Little Yellow House um, Gallery and Studio in Thompson Street. And what we've done is put a call out across the community uh, to local artists to say, can you do a piece of kidney inspired artwork? Uh, what is coming in is absolutely mm. beautiful. Everyone has taken up the cause. And it's amazing how many people in our community have been linked um, in some way or connected to someone who has who has had some sort of kidney health um, issue. So we're having the... The exhibition on the 10th, we're going to feed you and give you some drinks uh, that are all kidney health healthy. I'm, s- I'm sold. Kidney healthy <laughs> drinks. Uh, it's $25. Uh, you can get tickets via our Facebook page or just come along on the night and pay at the door. There'll be uh, art auctions from local artists and we have an amazing uh, man, a man, Radri artist, Owen Lyons, who's going to come and share his journey with kidney health um, and I think that'll be really something spectacular to come and have a listen to.
1: He's a very talented artist he too. He is very <laughs>
2: talented. You might even see one of his kidney-inspired wow. artworks on the wall. Very good. We're trying to get 104 because that's representative of the patients that we have across our district. Wow. Yeah, at the moment. Um and oh, exciting! We've put in for a Guinness World Record for the most amount of kidney-inspired artwork. So we're going to make a world record attempt on the night. Oh, super gosh! exciting! So <laughs> that, it really is. That's the first amazing. one. The second one is our reverse draw at the Union Hotel on the nineteenth. This one um, is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to again feed you, keep you watered uh, with Good. A, with non kidney healthy. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred dollars a ticket. Might seem like a lot, but it's uh, there's only a limited amount in circulation. But you can walk away if you're the last ticket drawn out of on the night with $5,000. So it's a pretty Ooh. pretty big one to win. Uh, we have lots of spot prizes on the night. And again, just jump onto our Facebook page. You can uh, message us for tickets or you can give us a call on 0488
1: 735 151. Beautiful. Kelly Humphrey, Joe Madden. It's both of your first times in Wagga Wagga. Takes two. Joe, yes. how are you finding it as a mentor for the very first time?
3: <laughs> uh, look, it's it's cool. It's it's um, <laughs> it's a new experience. I, I haven't had a lot. To do with these these kind of productions in the past, mm. so this is kind of a, a new process for me. But I am enjoying I am enjoying the journey. <laughs> I've got a great I've got a great partner. She's doing really really well, so I'm I'm very excited about our act. It should oh, be good.
1: You're always so <laughs> optimistic. I love it.
2: Glass they half, half full. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they have to be. Uh, something's got to get you out on stage. How is It all going? How's the rehearsal process going? How did you guys go choosing a song? Because this is always my favourite. Did one of you just go, We're singing this, or did you put together lists and find you had similar songs? Do you have completely different music styles?
3: I'm going to blame Kel for that. She she came up with that. So So I
1: put together a potential
2: list of what I thought might be good. Yeah. um, And then Joe vetted from there and we decided on something. Very good. Will be great, <laughs> uh,
3: fabulous. That's the kind fabulous. of that's the
1: kind of confidence we like. And how much, yeah. are, you, how much are you looking forward to being part of the show, Joe? Yeah, I
3: think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like it's going to be huge, and got great musicians and great production crew. It's going to be awesome. Really good fun.
1: And how are you feeling, Kelly, about getting on stage?
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> like oh, it's kind yeah. of like I think I'm going to have to take a couple of pair of pants of the <laughs> night. Um, but I've always been in the crowd, and I've loved being in the crowd every. Every year we go along, um, so it'll be a different experience this time round.
1: Luckily for you, Woody's Bar out the back is very well <laughs> yeah. stocked. I can always recommend just a little pre sh- pre song tipple. Uh, if Excellent. I, Excellent, If I like it's, kind of yeah. it, it's not kidney healthy, but it will help you get on stage. That's right. If it'll people be... want to keep in touch with what you guys are up to and on in, in terms of your fundraiser and that kind of thing, where is the best place? Facebook. What's the Facebook page?
2: Yeah, the Facebook page is Kelly Humphrey and Joe Madden for. Wagga Takes Two. Beautiful. So jump on and um, have a look. We've got some great stories happening um, from local artists and from some of the patients coming this week. Fantastic. The renal unit. So you can learn a little bit more about kidney health and follow along on uh, our journey.
1: Yes, well all the best of luck. You guys will be fantastic. The Wagga Takes Two website is a really good place to go as well. au and keep up to date with everything that's going on with Wagga Takes Two and there is a little bit going on in terms of the AFL Riverina space. Mark Geppert from AFL Riverina joins me. And Mark, some changes coming to the 2023 season.
3: Yeah, there is. So um, back in 2018, which is a very long time ago <laughs> It's a whole now. pandemic ago. Yeah. So 2018, uh, basically the AFL Riverina board um, decided to review both senior and junior footy uh, for AFL Riverina at the time Um so yeah, basically they, they engaged an, an independent consultant uh, with the help of the AFL, um, and they undertook a review of footy. Um, and as part of that review, we that they came up with some recommendations around, you know, what the future of our competitions should look like. Um, and basically, the the main recommendations around our senior changes was the creation of a premier league and a creation of a community league to assist obviously clubs that were aspirational to go bigger and better, but then also to allow for a competition um, where community clubs could could survive.
1: Obviously, the Premiership League and the Community League, are given we're in a very lucky situation where we have two leagues here in the Riverina, they're being assigned to um, both the RFL and the Farrah Leagues. Will the teams in each of those leagues remain the same?
3: No. So the Premier League's um, criteria-based. So um, there's, there's an extra sort of three or four um, pieces of criteria that clubs need to uh, meet, I suppose, to, to, to get into the Premier League, um, and that's more around off-field. So not necessarily based around on-field performance. Obviously, that's a big um, a big part of it. But then around governance, uh, level of coaching, uh, obviously women's football. So there's there's three or four extra things that we're we're just trying to raise the bar for all clubs. Um, and obviously, to get into that Premier League, you need to meet that criteria.
1: Well, are we likely to see teams moving between both, between seasons, similar to, I suppose, what we see over in the UK with their Premier League in that teams can be relegated and then um, elevated? Are we likely to see that between the two?
3: No. So, it's not it's not promotion relegation. So, it's not based on ladder position. Um, as I said, obviously, on-field uh, performance is, is part of the criteria, but... Um, what it is, it's a review on an annual basis um, of clubs who, A, meet the criteria from a Premier League perspective, but this is the important part that everyone sort of keeps skipping over. It's it's important that we're also reviewing the community competition as well. So, um, you know, we, we read about clubs saying they're worried about clubs not putting all the teams in. Our expectation is that clubs still field all the grades that they can uh, in that competition, um, but I suppose it's it's... Future-proofing that that league framework around, you know, the number of teams and those types of things. The Farrah League's a great example at the moment, where we have three to four teams in in the under 17s each year, um, whereas in the Riverina Football League we've got nine. So it's already a bit of an example of um, the way footy is in some of the smaller areas. It's 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 hard for some of those smaller communities to get those numbers. So basically, it's a framework that allows those clubs to still still survive.
1: There's obviously, and I think this is possibly something that you guys foresaw, um, I suppose, in making this announcement. And there has been a little bit of, I suppose, um, comment and maybe backlash from the Farrah League for being renamed the Community League. There are some concerns over getting players recruited into a league called the Community League. Can you talk us through why that decision was made to rename it, I suppose, with that name?
3: Yeah, look, obviously, the so the AFL Riverina board, um, in consultation with the AFL, were obviously looking at the, the name changes um, and what you'll find throughout the state and in other areas around um, sort of Australia where they've gone for the same model is that you, you clearly need to be able to identify the difference between the two leagues. Um, so that's probably the first reason around the naming of the Premier League. Um, look, some some of those, those points are very valid around the community competition, but what I would say is that we're still going through the process of the naming of, Premiership Cups, um, Bess and Ferris, you know, goal-kicking awards, all of that sort of stuff that has history with it. We, we'll, we'll be look, looking to retain the history um, of some of those competitions through those um, awards, I suppose. So, um, you know, people say that's a, a little bit of a, a mouthful, the AFL Riverina. I think one thing we've got to remember is that that's the name of the league. It's AFL Riverina. And then obviously our competitions sit underneath that. So, um, yeah, look, the community one around the Farrah League has caused a bit of angst, um, but it's, it's probably important to remember that the, the Farrah name was actually named after an, uh, an electorate, um, you know, based on William Farrah. So that the Farrah electorate now um, covers about six leagues throughout southern New South Wales. So that's not as relevant anymore to the naming of that competition. Um, but I do understand, you know, it, around history and those types of things, it's important that we retain that. And we'll still look to do that through the naming of all those awards and our premiership cups.
1: Very quickly, Mark, um, for clubs who are looking to remain in the Premier League or um, wanting to make sure they're meeting those criteria, what will be the cutoff date for when they'll have to have met those criteria?
3: Yeah, so the applications, basically the application process opens um, during the month of March, towards the end of March. Um, and then basically we've got a sort of a couple of month period through the middle of the year where those applications will be assessed, and then clubs will be notified um, in in August around, you know, what competition they'll be playing in. Obviously, we're we're really mindful that um, clubs need to know where they're participating, so we're we're keen to keep that process as tight as we can and, and to the timelines because, you know, when clubs need to recruit coaches and those types of things, understandably they they need to know that information as soon as they can. So, yeah, a little bit to work through, but as I said. Um, you know that the review and the recommendations have been there since 2018. So over four years ago, we just seem to seem to be getting a little bit more attention now that it's only around the corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's always the way with these things. It's the immediacy and now everyone wants to know everything about it. Mark Geffert from AFL Riverina, thank you very much for your time. Those changes to kick in from the 2023 season. That's just about it from me. I'll be back with Lee Ryan tomorrow. Of course, you can catch us between 6 and 9 on the Riverinas 1152 Triple M or any time right here on Listener. See ya.
0: Poppy and Lee. Weekdays from 6 on the Riverinas Triple M. And whenever you want them on Listener.